Spinning Around is broadcasting on the land of its traditional custodians, the Wurundjeri people. We respect their past, present, and ongoing relationship with the land for the many, many, many generations to come. Please consider making a donation to pay the rent or the Victorian Aboriginal Legal Service and help the wonderful folks that provide the much-needed resources for the mob today. If you'd like some music in return for your donation, check out the Spinning Around Bandcamp and grab the 2021 Alumni VA compilation for $10 as all proceeds will be going to both charities monthly. Thank you for listening. Please enjoy the show. It's Spinning Around. You're listening to Spinning Around with Hailey Minogue on Area 3000. Hey everyone, and welcome to February 2022 of Spinning Around. That's right, it's been a month already and time will not slow down for anyone. Put your existential dread aside for tonight as I have some suave guests that are packing with great music and fantastic conversation. Thank you very much for tuning in. Let's get right to it. My first guest is a Melbourne-based producer, live performer, composer, and sound installation artist that's coming off the back of releasing her first album on vinyl in 2021 called Restless Abandon, available now on Heavy Machinery Records. With her fast-evolving brand of groovy and melodic experimentation, she's worked at the intersection between club music, exploratory synthesis, and composition to build immersive soundscapes. Including Heavy Machinery, she's released two acclaimed EPs on Melbourne imprint Nice Music and has had work commissioned by the likes of Dark Mofo and Monophoma. She's cut her teeth at Melbourne Electronic Sound Studio, wrapping up an artist residency that will culminate in a live performance of new work at Melbourne Music Week, La Dida. She's featured as a mixer with Cloudy Coo's infamous Her Project and has an impressive list of gigs in her repertoire, having played in almost every corner of our city to the point where she'd know it like the back of her hand. It's really an honour to not only feature her calm and chaotic brand of IDM here on the show, but to also have a chance to chat with her tonight. My guest is none other than Nina Buchanan. Hey Nina, welcome to the show. How are you going? Oh, thank you for having me. What a lovely intro. Thank you. <laughs> yes, of course. Of course. How are you today? Are you doing okay? Um, I'm great. Yeah, I've just been out in the sun, and it feels very good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Are you a sun person, or are you a, a cold rain person? Definitely sun and water. Just been at the beach, so when I get to the water whenever I can. I love it. Yeah, feels like you'd love going to Perth. Maybe living there. Who knows? Yeah, I've never been to Perth actually. No. Yeah. Ah. Um, well, apparently it's like eternal summer there. It's like perfect. Yeah. Well, I did grow up in Sydney, which is. Um, you know, not always summer, but um, it's comparable. the winter is very short. Yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's very different to Melbourne weather, that's for sure. <laughs> when, did, when did you move over here to Melbourne? Um, I think it's actually about seven years ago now, which seems crazy. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah, it's been a while now. Yeah. yeah. Do, you, do you consider Melbourne to be home more or Sydney now? Um, pro- yeah, probably Melbourne now. Yeah, yeah. It's, taken, it's taken a while, I think, but... Um, yeah, yeah, it feels like home now. What were the weirdest things that you had to adjust to being here? <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, it's a cliche, but just really the weather. Like, it's ah, just... it's, it's fine. Just the weather's hard. fine. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think also, you know, living in share houses with no heating and not ever being able to afford, like, a warm jacket until probably a year ago, that kind of thing. Yeah, that's not fine. That's not fine. Yeah, no. Yeah. Now it is. It's gotten better. Nice, nice. (laughs) Wait, so if it was about seven years ago, then that would align quite well with your first EP that you did with Nice Music, uh, Sunk. That was in 2016, right? Yeah, I think I moved the year before. So it was, yeah, pretty early on 
um, moving to Melbourne. So I think I, I was, cause I was playing in a band when I was in Sydney. I wasn't really playing solo. I was playing with, um, my friend Del Lumanta. Oh, cool. Um, what kind of music? Oh, uh, it was like very experimental, like synthy jam kind of band. Like we did a lot of improvising. Um, we had kind of themes that we'd play, but yeah, a lot of it was quite improvised. Um, Interesting. Yeah, it was, yeah, very fun. I, ca- I come from a world of uh, improving for like jazz, um, comedy, uh, even like, you know, all sorts of guitar based music for myself. But I'm very interested to know because I've never done it before. And I'm kind of curious to see what your process is. How do you improv uh, on synthesizers and analog machines? How do you do that? Yeah, well, I mean, it's a funny thing, I guess, saying improvising, like, I think being more accurate is probably semi-improvising because a lot of the time with my gear, I will have certain things saved, like Mm -hmm. the main synth I use when I perform live. Like you can save little melodic patterns um, in a sort of sequencer, but then I guess then what you're doing with it, um, that's where the improvisation comes in. So I guess that's with electronic music so much, I guess, is about rather than the actual content, you know, so often in dance music and electronic music, it'll just be one simple thing repeated. Yeah. Um, If you're talking about it compositionally in a traditional sense, but with electronic music, so much of it is about um, the sound of it Mm. and what actually happens to that specific piece of sound. Yeah, the 16 bars. (laughs) Um, If that makes sense. Yeah, 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 exactly. So I guess that's what I consider to be the improvisation is then what what are you doing with with those little fragments that you've got? Um, oh. How can you stretch it and, and push it in different directions and what are you combining it with? And um, and I guess also using analog equipment, a lot of um, things can happen that you maybe don't plan mm-hmm. and that you maybe don't necessarily understand and that's <laughs> a lot of the joy of it as well. <laughs> Find out um, new tricks on the go. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes you'll do something that you – you don't really know how to ever do again. and oh, that, But I really wow. love that when you're playing live and that can be, um, particularly when you're playing with someone else, it can be really exciting and, um, yeah. So what happened to this band? Did you did Oh, you well, it was based in Sydney. Right, um, right, 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 right. So right. Dell still lives in Sydney. Um, we did we did keep it going for a little while, long distance, but, oh, you know, it just got a bit difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, but we both play solo now and, you know, every now and again, like we're still – um, in touch a lot about music stuff and nice. Um, we do talk about, you know, having a reunion at some point. Oh, <laughs> we'll see. Oh, very cool. It sounds <laughs> or like a new um, collaboration of some kind. You it know? sounds like you got you were you were almost like Destiny's Child, and then you you all went off and had your solo <laughs> careers. So who's Beyonce? That's the question. Oh, it's definitely like that. I think we were just. I think we were Destiny's Child without Beyonce. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no. We we did have um because neither of us ever wanted to sing. We both gave it a go at, at different times, but didn't enjoy it and we actually had a couple of um gigs where we got guest performers guest oh. um vocalists yeah, yeah, to yeah, just yeah. and like without really rehearsing would just come and and sing a song that they kind of made up as well that's cool um it actually worked amazingly well every time we were like how did that just happen yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so I guess they were the Beyonce's. <laughs> yes, yes, that's true. Are there any recordings? Um, yeah, there are some recordings, actually. We had a couple of releases out on um, Paradise Daily Records, which mm-hmm. is a Sydney-based label. Lovely. Which lovely. I don't think is really running anymore, but um, was doing a lot of great stuff 
in Sydney for a long time there. Yes. Yeah. Nice. Well, speaking of cool labels, uh, you had another release with Nice Music uh, called Highly Emotional in 2018. What I've yes. noticed about both Sunk and Highly Emotional is that you were a little bit more uh, on the techno side of things as opposed to this new release, Restless Abandon. Uh so Restless Abandoned, for anybody who hasn't heard it, I've personally had the pleasure of listening to it for uh, the last couple of days. This thing is awesome. This, I, I'm really Thank a big you. fan of it. Um, oh, thanks. I'm, I'm going to fork out the money uh, and, I'm, and I'm debating I'm debating getting that final because I saw that you got them <laughs> recently. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, it's very exciting. It's the first time I've done a vinyl. So it, yeah, it's amazing having a big physical thing like that. Yeah, it, it's, it's, like a, it's like an actual timeless piece now in terms of you know no matter what happens to the internet <laughs> this thing will <laughs> physically exist you know yeah when the internet crumbles it will still and it will have some presence yeah <laughs> it will crumble but not in the way we think i think but it will crumble um so why why the foray uh, more into i suppose idm and more uh syncopated rhythms as opposed to what you were doing back uh, when you were more in the techno side of things yeah, well, I think um, I, I'm actually pretty. I, I, I sorry, I'm just really thinking about this. <laughs> <laughs> I think when I was making techno, it wasn't so much a stylistic choice as like a practical one. If that what makes do, what sense. do you mean practical? Well, I I guess my background is like synths and keyboards and stuff mm. and beat making was really new to me like really really new and techno is the simplest kind yeah. of <laughs> beat making to do right like um yep. yeah i mean i think for that reason it's actually a really great way to get started in in um dance music or um you know electronic music production if you want to start out mm. um but yeah it was actually really just that's just what I knew how to do. <laughs> it's it's amazing to me that that was the limit of your uh, percussive abilities back in the day because listening to Restless Abandon, there are a lot of rhythms in there where I was... Uh, so I, I, I have this habit where if I listen to something quite groovy, I like to kind of, you know, uh, move my neck in a, in a chicken way, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, almost like, yeah, this is fucking awesome. Um, there are a lot of those moments in here, and that's quite surprising to me, um, considering the fact that, what, like back in 2018, you weren't as confident with your rhythms. Um, was that just a result of a little bit more exper experimentation, or did you find uh, new ways to sort of uh, work around your drum machines? Like, how did you figure that out? Yeah, kind of a combo. Like, um, I, well, I guess that's the other key thing is that um, for those first two releases, I was pretty much mostly just using a drum machine. Mm. Um, and it's a drum machine. It's like a MC three hundred three Roland Groove Box for the nerds out there, yes. um, <laughs> which is like a nineties um, kind of rave box. It was uh -huh. like quite a cheap, um, like you know, consumer um, drum machine, and it's got like all these crazy presets and stuff. So you can basically just press play, and it'll play like it's got banks and banks and banks of just like rave. Like oh. hilarious, hilarious rave stuff. Um, anyway, I was just using it as a drum machine, so just using the the drum samples on it um, because I found it um, 
it worked well with my synth, like you could hook it up quite easily and I just liked having quite a simple setup at that point. Um, but, yeah, you know, in terms of what you can do with it, it is quite simple. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like pretty clunky and, yeah, not that easy to use really. <laughs> so that's another reason, I guess, um, that that it had more of a techno um, focus. Um, and then, yeah, in the last few years I've just, um, I guess, gotten more um used to using ableton um, yeah which is a beast in and of itself yeah it is it is um but it's so great when you can um start combining it with hardware and there's so much you can do Mm. um so i think yeah and i I had for a while been wanting to definitely branch out a lot more um in terms of the style and um I, lo- I, I love um, syncopation and, like, quite <laughs> complex rhythms. And yeah. that had always been quite beyond me. But, um, yeah, I guess just as I was experimenting more with Ableton and got more used to it, um, yeah, most of, the, most of the drum production is in Ableton for, the, for this latest release. Do you use any plugins in Ableton? What are your favourites? Um, most of this one I think was using Battery, which is – Mm-hmm. The drum machine from Native Instruments. Oh, it's pretty nice, 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 pretty nice. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's kind of scary to hear that a piece of tech to you would be difficult because uh, you seem like a, a gear nerd in the sense that like you would have a lot um, in your in your inventory. I suppose. Um, would you say that you're someone that just collects synths and uh, machines as much as you can, mm-hmm. or have you fallen into that into that obsession at all? Actually, not at all. No. Really? No. Ah. Um, mostly because I'm a cheapskate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> bit skint, bit skint. It's too expensive. Um, yeah, I mean, so much, so much gear. Like, yeah, you need a lot of cash to to be able to buy a lot yeah. of, especially analog gear. It's very expensive. Hundred um, percent. Yeah, I mean, until quite recently, most of the gear I've had is a synth. The synth that I've used for all those three releases and all my live performances for the last however many years, wow. I won in a competition. <laughs> and then the drum, <laughs> the drum machine I mentioned before, I got off Gumtree for 150 bucks. Um, I can't believe that. That's cool. I like yeah. that stuff. Yeah, that you, that you can make so much with what what little you have. It's awesome. Yeah, I think that's something. I I actually like kind of philosophically really believe in that yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um because i don't think you need fancy equipment at all um mm. sometimes it can make your life easier you know things might be quicker or something like that but um a lot of the time it's just because things have been done for you already um yeah but you can yeah i mean you can do a lot with free software you don't even need ableton you know you can do yeah that's true um a lot of this stuff with uh like reaper is a free mm-hmm. um or free or very cheap um uh, DAW. A good, can... a good friend of mine, uh, Alexander, uh, uses a Reaper all the time, and he swears by it. Swears yeah, by it. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's yeah. really great. Yeah, I just got sucked into the whole Ableton thing because you know, <laughs> that there's no real. <laughs> just going with the, just going with the winds go. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, is that philosophy what you try and impart in your um, electronic music workshops that you do from time to time? Yeah, for sure, for mm. sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I. I haven't done any for a while, but I really do like doing them. And I, it's often um, I've done workshops for people who are just starting out mm-hmm. and um, I definitely try and encourage people to not feel like they have to spend thousands of dollars on stuff. Um, yeah. You know, and also um, 
sharing stuff between friends or borrowing things from people, mm. trying things out before you buy them if you even need to do that. Yeah. Um, and you can do a lot with fairly simple setups and, you know, then if you decide you really, really want to um, buy a certain synth later, you can, but it's not necessary. Yeah. I think that's a cool philosophy because I think the electronic music scene is to an extent because of the nature of the machinery, uh, it's kind of plagued by this high barrier barrier to entry with like high costs of actually like purchasing equipment. Even, you know, uh, Pioneer CDJs uh, would be blowing out someone's rent for like the next month, you know? I mean, I know that that's the case for me. Personally, I still stay on a controller because I'm like you. I have the philosophy of... If I can do what I'm trying to do with what I have, then I don't need to get anything else. Do you know what I mean? A lot of that, I think, culture in electronic music does come from a sort of quite a bro-y history that, um, of, of just sort of gatekeeping as well, which is not not real. A lot of it is just <laughs> a lot of stuff people just, just say this stuff to as a gatekeeping technique. You know? right. It's like it's not real though. What, what were your experiences with that when you were, you know, coming up doing this Nina Buchanan project? Kind of mixed, I guess. I mean, I think um, I was really lucky around when I moved to Melbourne. I think there was a lot happening with um, people talking about, like the quite, you know, public conversations um, about um, gender in in music, in the music industry and mm-hmm. um across all different genres as well, not just electronic music, but yeah. all over. Um, mm-hmm. So I think I was actually really lucky to arrive at that time and there was um, a pretty amazing little scene of um, different, like, yeah, different people, queer people mm-hmm. and women um, making all sorts of music. Um, definitely had some pretty weird experiences, um, more in education actually. Like I did a, What do you mean? Well, I did a TAFE course like quite a while ago um, with um, in sound production, and mm. I was the only um, woman or non-man there. And, really? Um, wow. Yeah, and staff as well. And um, was yeah, that was a pretty full-on experience. Actually, I, <laughs> I was treated very differently. Yeah. Fuck. That's when you say differently. Do you mean as in like? As if did. I was an idiot. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, look at look at you now. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like you're doing shit. You're you're making great music. I mean, I'd be interested to see where the rest of the students were. But anyway, <laughs> when you were talking about uh, your band, by the way, in Sydney before you came over, that reminded me a little bit about this fun little remix that you've done for a punk band in Melbourne called ModCon. That's yeah. really cool. Doing a yeah. remix for a punk band. It's Is very it, um, cool. Is it for a track off uh, their latest album, Modern Condition? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. What have you? Uh, what have you done? How do you actually go ahead and remix a punk rock song into your style? Um, yeah, it was actually it was pretty challenging, but it was really fun. Um, I guess I focused a lot on the vocal line because that's, I guess, you know, where a lot of the energy of the song um, comes from, and. Mm-hmm. Um, did a lot of uh, chopping, <laughs> chopping and repitching, and um, yeah. So there's sections that um, are pretty true to the song, mm-hmm. um, and then other parts that are just totally warped. Um, and then That's I've cool. kind of just done my own beats and things, and then um, yeah, made sort of 
uh, pads and things out of the guitars. And, Ooh, out yeah. of the guitars. That's yeah. cool. <laughs> I want to see your process. That's that sounds fun. I, I heard um, Ella Styles and uh, various asses uh, remixes off that album. Yeah, they're awesome. <sighs> really cool. Really, yeah, yeah. really cool. I like that. Yeah, I felt I had a lot to live up to because of those. So I was it's, like, ooh. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure you'll do fine. You'll step up to that plate for sure. <laughs> Speaking of new stuff that you're working on, I also heard that you have an ambient release coming out. That's cool. Is this announced? Oh no. It's no? it's just <laughs> uh it's just sort of um you know bubbling away. Um yeah. hopefully hopefully soon. I haven't worked out who's going to release it yet or anything. Oh, um but, okay. Do you have yeah. any ideas who you might want to pitch it to? Mm, not sure. Okay. Not going to go there. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, look, look look spinning around we're a label now. So uh oh, <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Potentially, you know, get in, get in on this. Uh, we're we're more than happy to. Well, I mean, it's just me. I say we, but it's really just me. <laughs> <laughs> um, in terms of in terms of the work that you've done, I know that it's not just production that you do, but it's also uh, doing sound installation art as well. Uh, I know that you're doing something very soon with a project called Metis. Uh, at the opening of ACCA. What does ACCA stand for? Sorry. Um, it's the Australian Centre for Contemporary Art. Very I cool. Think. Very yeah. cool. Yeah, it's down at, um, it's sort of down opposite the Botanic Gardens kind of Ooh. around that like South Bank. It's it's the big like rusty building, sort of angular. Oh, right. I don't know if you've seen it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, no, I definitely have seen that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. So you're doing a multi-channel sound installation there. What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> Good question. Yes. Um, yeah, I guess what I'm doing for it, um, so multi-channel just means um, I guess most of the music we listen to is in stereo, every now and again mono, but mostly stereo, so left and right, so for both of our ears. Um, and so multi-channels um, usually just means more than that, more than stereo. Oh. Um, so it could mean four channels or up to, you know, with really crazy systems, it could be like 64 channels or something. Where are you going? Um, How many are you getting? What are you doing? Oh, I think eight. I think eight. Oh, eight's something pretty like good that. though. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's surround sound, Dolby stuff, you know? Yeah, well, I'm going to – I'm trying to – I'm still working out all the tech, but I'm, I'm trying to um, do some stuff with um, the sound moving between the bottom of the room and the – because it's, it's in quite a, a high gallery space. Oh. Um, so I'm kind of working with the height of the room and trying to, um, yeah, have the sound moving around the space in a kind of vertical way rather because we're quite used to having sound move horizontally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Whoa, that's really cool. Yeah. So well, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully. Do, do you have any, like, training or experience in working with these sorts of uh, installations or is this your first? Uh, no, I've done a bit of it. Um, I've done a bit of multi-channel stuff. Um, I worked on a project, it was actually also at ACCA, um, just oh. coincidentally, but it was a video project. Um, I was just doing sound design and, and music for a video, like really big video installation. And that was, um, surround sound. Ooh, um, nice. but I kind of learned a lot of it on the fly, <laughs> um, kind of working it out as I went. You made um, it up as you went? Yeah, a little bit. Um, yes. <laughs> Did the people that commissioned you know that? Oh, yeah, they were fine with it. They uh, worked okay. that way too. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and I've done a performance in quad sound, so four, oh, yeah. four speakers. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, 
uh, and also was, yeah, I think I had a residency for that actually to be able to work it out um, and be in a space and have the four speakers because it's, yeah, it's quite hard. If you're just working in a studio, it's quite different when you're in a space with the speakers set up um, to actually get a sense of how it works. Um, Okay. So then, look, I'm pretty familiar with like, you know, if we're working with just two, you know, in stereo, but what do you have to take into consideration if you're actually, if you have eight different elements of sound to work with? I mean, I know that you said that there's horizontal and there's surround. So, you know, a a circular formation, you might say, but when you, when you actually have different elements or aspects of the sound coming out of each particular speaker, um, how do you know how to balance all of that as you go? Yeah, well, I mean, you kind of need to be in the space. Right. I mean, maybe people who do this for a living would know. <laughs> but Because, <laughs> I mean, the thing is it's very dependent on what space you're in. Yeah, right. So um, because acoustics are very, very different, mm-hmm. um, the shape of the room, all of that can really affect it. Mm-hmm. Um, even the sound system you're using could also really change that, like how okay. – how big your subs are and the placement of the speakers and all of that. Um, Not working with function ones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, when you, I think for me anyway, just when I've been working on projects like this, it's basically speculative until oh. you're in the space. Like you kind of guess yeah. about how it's going to work and then you have to be in the space and either things are like, yep, that's how I thought it was going to be or – absolutely can't hear that or that thing's really loud or it sounds really there's some crazy phasing happening or something yeah. like that oh, that's yeah. cool this, this, <laughs> that's very fun i like i like this idea of actually like architecting the placement of sound in a way that's fun yeah it's pretty interesting i mean it's a whole area um there are people who are very specialized um i'm not specialized in that at all but i what would you say your specializations are do you feel like you're an expert in anything no. <laughs> this is a bit of a loaded but question, if, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, probably the thing I'm most comfortable with is synths. Yeah. If I had to say something in mm-hmm. music, probably synths. When you say synths, do you mean more like synth programming or uh, synth playing? Synth playing? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm yeah. Mm-hmm. And lo- probably analog synths. You know, that's what I'm most used to. And then, I don't know, I guess maybe Ableton, but I don't think I do things necessarily like the right way in Ableton either. Oh, right. <laughs> Just kind of haphazard, do it as you go. Um, a little bit, yeah. Well, you did um, you did some work with the Melbourne, uh, what was it, Electronic Synthesizer Symphony or something like that? Uh, oh, this, I, um, the, this the, it's the Mess Orchestra. So yes. it's the Melbourne Electronic Sound Studio Synth Orchestra. Right. Yeah, it's yes, a mouthful. Yes, yes. Ah, yeah. That's cool. I saw that yeah. you did something for that. It was really amazing, actually. So um, Matt Watson, who um, is an amazing musician and also works at Mess, mm-hmm. um, he was commissioned to write a piece um, for an orchestra of synths. <laughs> um, and the idea was kind of to, yeah, use quite a range of um, synths at Mess that mm-hmm. they have. And they have some really amazing um quite rare synthesizers and, and very old synthesizers that mm. there aren't many of even in the world. Um, and he also um, decided to not sync any of the machines. So it's it's not like things are connected yeah. um, to, to 
to be in time. So a lot of it's it's all quite organic. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. And um, I think there was something like 40 synthesizers on the stage. Holy was, shit. So there was a performance at, um, yeah, at the mess, uh, sorry, the My Music Bowl. Yes, um, yes. Yeah, so we had like a couple of months of rehearsals mm-hmm. um, and he'd, yeah, ma- written this piece and then um, made this beautiful graphic score oh. as well um, for, for us to follow. And there were different sections, so some of it was quite melodic, um, you know, very um, composed synth stuff. And then there were some sections that were quite open. Mm. Um, I was in the modular synth section, which was that bit, which was a bit more wild and uh, had a bit of improvisation stuff in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, M- modular synths, am I correct in saying that those are the ones where you like uh, pull the cables out and chuck them into other um, plugs? Exactly. Wow. Yeah, basically wow. it's um, it's sort of modular synths are sort of deconstructed synths. So you mm-hmm. have different um, – a lot of synths you buy, they're already patched in internally. So they're yeah. all, all the parts are connected, um, whereas modular – you, you have the sort of different parts of a synth that you can then patch yourself just to be able to have more flexibility in what you can do with it. Right. Um, so then you have to kind of memorize like what each plug actually does. And you've got like what, like hundreds of them in front of you or something? It depends. It can yeah. They can be very simple or they can be insanely complex. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I'm still very fresh with modular stuff. It's hey, yeah, it's a whole other world. Look, you know more than me. Um, <laughs> I, I clearly know nothing about uh, the synth world or even the analog world in general. So uh, I thank you for even taking the time to educate me on this podcast. <laughs> um, in terms of you know, we, we, we've been talking about um, synthesizers and your music, but I'm also just kind of interested to get to know who you are as well. Like uh, when you're not making music and releasing awesome music on heavy machinery records and making your own vinyls and, you know, putting plugs into modular synths. What do you like to do? Um, what do I like to do? What are your hobbies? Um, my hobbies, yeah. <laughs> this is a date. <laughs> this is actually funny. I've been talking about this a bit lately, um, about hobbies with friends. Mm. Um, so I, I've been trying to figure out what my hobbies are because it used to be music, but now music's kind of my job. So it's like that doesn't really work anymore. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> um, but I think my hobbies are <laughs> 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 look, I love I love to go outside, I love the beach. No, nice. Um swimming. Um I'm a big nerd with reading sci-fi books. Talk to me about talk to me about the fact that uh, music was a hobby for you and now it's more of a job. Does that make you change the way that you feel about music or approach it at all? Um I think it means I have to be – I have different modes and I have to compartmentalise a little bit, I think. Oh, okay, <laughs> um, okay. Which, which is actually I'm, – I'm trying to embrace that more um, because uh, I think it's actually really great being able to approach it in all these different ways. Like sometimes I'll be quite, you know, critical if I'm listening to music or um, just because I can't, you know, switch that brain off. <laughs> Not critical in like a negative sense, just like – you know, over, overthinking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hate this. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess I'm trying to spend more time. I guess, for example, like just putting music on just to listen to for to, just to enjoy, rather yeah. than um, being like, oh, I should listen to this because I know that it's like just come out or whatever, whatever <laughs> yeah, reason. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
And um, sort of same with music, I guess, having time to where it, it does feel like work. It's like, okay, I've got a deadline, I've got to finish a certain thing and I mm. am kind of, yeah, make time for it in that way and then try and try and have other time where it can be a bit more playful, I guess, as well. Yeah. Uh, D- yeah. Does it make you feel uh, sometimes resentful towards it at all when, I don't know, let's say, you know, with any job, sometimes things just don't work out. Like, for example, like, uh, I don't know, if you're working a corporate job, I've, I've done a few mm. in my time. Like, uh, you, you might screw up on a particular task or project or you might be late on deadline and then uh, get pulled in for a meeting and those are never fun. But that I believe those sorts of experiences, I mean, for some people it can make them a little bit resentful about what they're doing. Um, have you ever felt that sort of resentment for music now that it's more of like a job for you? I mean, sure, sometimes. I mean, yeah. work is work. Sometimes you just don't want to do anything. <laughs> that's, mm-hmm. I mean, that's always, or, you know, you'd always rather be doing something else if you are tired or stressed or, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so, sure, that happens. But, um, yeah, mostly I just try and remember that it's really quite great that I can <laughs> mostly do that for my job. Yeah. What was the first song in your entire life that you distinctly remember being like quite life-changing and like affecting you in a really deep emotional way there's one well uh i remember um a song by it's actually by the velvet underground oh cool okay um it's called it's like i'm sticking with you it's like a cover yeah um and it's like you know the velvet underground sometimes did those songs that were really quite like sort of sickly sweet even. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But then there's, like, when you know the old underground, there's kind of this, like, sinister underneath, which I love. Yes, <laughs> yes. You held up a stagecoach in the rain And I'm doing the same Saw you hanging from a tree And I made believe it was me um, but I think as quite a small child, I heard that I, my parents played it and I just thought it was this like really cute song. Um, but I think I kind of sensed there was something more to it as well. Mm, mm. Um, that I just really loved just something about the sound, like the, the sound of the recording and everything that I really loved. How old were you at the time? I don't know, maybe eight. Eight. And then what from there, it was just a, um, a complete obsession with music, was it? Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not really. I don't know. I mean, I always loved music. My my grandma played piano. Yeah. Um, and she lived in New Zealand, and we'd visit. Uh. And whenever we visited, she um she would play. So that I mean, I think that was a huge reason I got into music. Mm-hmm. Um, did you um did you ever play in bands when you were in high school? Like, uh, was it just on piano, or did you ever branch out to like trying to be a punk rock guitarist or anything like that? Uh, not when I was a teenager. I was um. Yeah, I, I played piano when I was in high school, but I kind of wasn't I wasn't that good at it. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I didn't really have the discipline and you know, I was doing like the traditional um oh, you know, examination. Yeah, yeah. Learning. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I like I really loved it and I had a really amazing teacher and um yeah, I loved it, but I just um 
yeah, I was never really that good at it and, and kind of couldn't really see how to translate that into, like, I guess the other music that I listened to mm. at that point. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't really aware of electronic music at that age either at all. When did it come into your life then? I did play in a band when I was in my early 20s that I played an organ in. <laughs> an organ? Oh, Yeah, cool. like an ele- an electric organ, like a sort of Farfisa type thing. Nice. Um, so maybe that was the very beginning and then I, um, yeah, kind of just became more interested in, I guess, kind of discovered synths mm. and, and realised the connection and, um, yeah. W- was it like the only thing that you were interested in when you were actually – you know, coming out of high school and into uni and stuff, or w- was there other things that you were working towards at the time? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I I didn't start doing music until quite a bit later. Like, I was actually more. Um, I did like graphic design when I first left school. Oh, cool! And I was more doing visual. Like, I was always more kind of a visual arts kid. Mm. Um, mm. Even though I love music and I like went to gigs every weekend mm. and stuff. Um, I didn't really consider it to be something I could do for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was sort of later because I, 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 yeah, left graphic design school and then went to art school. <laughs> oh, nice! <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and then I, and then while I was in art school, I started um, playing in bands. But also, I was making uh, like vid- like films and stuff in art school, and I was started making the soundtracks for those. Oh. I think actually that's a big way I got into it as well. Was um, yeah, kind of playing around with sound in editing software. Yeah, um, nice. And kind of realizing how malleable it was, like Foley. Uh, yeah, but uh, Foley, but just um, like making weird stuff on the piano or like mm. whatever keyboards were around and things, and um, yeah, That's messing cool. around with sound a bit like that. Actually, yeah. um. It makes sense now that you went to, well, rather you were sort of more invested in graphic design beforehand because I noticed that you did the artwork for Restless Abandon as well. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Managed to pull that together. <laughs> yeah. Well, how did you make this? Like, It's it's quite a lovely abstract piece. Yellow and black, what a great combo. But um, <laughs> was it a painting or what? how did you do this? Yeah, it was um, kind of just a little painting of not like kind of an abstract-ish painting and then um, just very heavily manipulated in Photoshop, mm, mm. Um, kind of stretched and pulled and with different colours and stuff. Nice. Yeah. How did you actually get in touch with Heavy Machinery? Did they reach out to you first? Yeah, they reached out. Yeah. Um, so it was, yeah, part of this um, really big project they've done called Flash Forward. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so there's, I think, 40 albums that they commissioned um, by Melbourne artists and there's some really incredible stuff that's come out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you should have a look at all of the albums. There's so many amazing. I think um, um, Female Wizard's uh, latest album might have been a part of that Flash Forward yeah, as well. Yeah, it was, yep. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Nice. And, yeah, Papaphilia has one. Oh, true, yeah. That was a great and, album actually. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah it's so good. Well, wow. uh, And I think Race Rage has just – announced or just maybe just released the f- single for that one mm-hmm. and yeah hate rocks new album um, yeah anyway That's the cool. list is huge yeah it's <laughs> check a, it's it a, out it's, it sounds like a great way to uh for a label to just get more releases um by hosting this particular program um I, I, did they am i correct in saying that there were a lot of 
performances and installations in random areas of the city during this flash forward program? Yeah, so it's kind of, it was like a state or I think state government initiative was like to, um, yeah, get um, stuff happening in the city again after lockdown, even though that's still sort of going on, whatever. Um, But yeah, so there was, there were also commissioning artists to like visual artists to do um, quite large scale um, murals and different Mm. public art stuff. Yeah. Um, so I think a lot of that has been happening. I think the idea was that there would be live performances in the the same spaces as the art, but I think maybe some of that has happened, but a lot of it hasn't been able to happen. Has yours been able to happen um, at all? Or? No, I think it might still at some point, but Hopefully. not really sure. Yeah. yeah. You can just yeah. play the whole thing on vinyl once you get there and sell the vinyl Yeah, copies. just press play. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> oh, see, we've hacked it. We've hacked it. You're, you can now... Uh, Spin your vinyl on DJs as opposed to, uh, sorry, on CDJs as opposed to performing it live. Um, sorry, CDJs? What are you talking about? Record players. <laughs> um, speaking of which, I really, really appreciate you taking the time to make this mix for us. I really appreciate that. I'm actually very interested to know, considering the fact that you're more of a live performer than a DJ, um, did you make this mix on uh, a controller or a CDJs? No. <laughs> on Ableton? Yeah. Oh, cool. All yeah, right. I'm, I'm not a DJ. I can't. I don't really know how to DJ, so um, I've tried a couple of times, and it's been, you know, Not interesting. Great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's uh, let's perhaps even jump into this mix, shall we? I was wondering if you had any uh, secret gems that you might want to reveal to us in this track list. Oh, um, God! What have I any unreleased? There? Anything off Restless Abandon? Uh, yeah, yeah, I have got some. I have sneaked actually a couple of, um, yeah, a couple of unreleased things Ooh, in there of mine. Lovely. Um, if you hear some parts that are quite weird, that's probably them. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it kind of goes on a, on a few tangents, this mix, but I actually um quite proud of it. I think it's got some, it's definitely eclectic. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I guess I tried to um, get a good mix of uh, stuff I've really been enjoying lately, and I think a lot of it, in my mind, is quite hypnotic in one sense or another. Mm. Um, yeah, I nice, don't know. nice, yeah, nice. <laughs> I'm, in, I'm into it. I'm into it. I'm looking forward to this. Uh, at any time that there is something that's a little bit more spicy in terms of like mixes on this show, I'm so stoked. I'm so sorry. <laughs> spicy. <laughs> yes, very spicy. Anyway, Nina, thank you so much for coming to the show. I hope you've had fun. I have. Thank you so much for the chat. Of course, of course. All right, folks, uh, please stay tuned because we do have this mix coming up. And also, 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 please understand that we have an extended show tonight. At 5 p.m., we have coming up Adelaide-based Strickface coming on to the show for a chat and a mix. And also after that at 7.30 p.m., I believe we also have Heather Shannon from the Jezebels. Please stay tuned. You're listening to Spinning Around with Harley Minogue on Area 3000 playing Nina Buchanan right now. 